Let's start with prayer. Father God, we just thank you so much that we can come and gather this morning. I just pray, Father, that you do, we just allow your word to speak to our hearts, speak to our mind, and fan into flame the gifts that you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen. For those that weren't here last week, we started the sermon series, Fan Into Flame, and, and it comes from 1 Timothy 1, verse 6 to 7. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Paul was in jail. Uh, he was pretty much towards the end of his life. Uh, he was going to be executed. And, and this is what he said to Timothy, his loved one. He said, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gifts God gave you when I laid hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And so last week we talked about uh, feeding this flame, the spiritual gifts that God has given us for the kingdom. We talked about how fire stops burning when we allow fear to lead us. Uh, how do we know fear is leading us? We are not using our gifts. Fear of what? And Paul alludes to this in his letter. He, he says it's a fear of suffering, not, in, not wanting to suffer. Uh, and so he, and it's a crazy thing, he says he asked Timothy to join him in suffering. I don't know about you, but if someone asks me to join in suffering, that's not the way I get someone on board. Um, but then we talked about actually we need to realize that this world we live in is a world of suffering. We're already in it. Stop trying to avoid it. And so we need to embrace suffering and we need to allow God to work through our suffering he brings joy, and, and we heard Brett's testimony, which was an incredible testimony. Uh, and he was obviously he was talking more about his physical suffering that he's going through uh, with with his sickness, uh, but the joy that God has brought while he's going through that, and that's an incredible testimony. Um, obviously, Paul is talking more about sharing the gospel and the persecution that you may face in suffering. And so, my heart is over this these four weeks that God would stir up the gift in you. That we're not called to be a church. I love what Ruth was talking about. We're not called to be a church just to come on a Sunday and, and fill the seats. No, we're called to, called to be a church that goes into the Monday to the Saturday to use our gifts for the kingdom and, and bring people into the kingdom and share the good news. And that is the heart of Divergent. You know, Sunday, Sunday, the heart of Sunday is just a celebration of what God's doing through the week. It's, it's a reflection of your time with God. So, you know, you're a person that is meeting with God and meeting on his mission throughout the week. You're seeing him work through your friends and, and you're starting to be present with him. And then when you come to the Sunday, you're going, how good is our God? And just wanting to share that with others. That's the heart of the Sunday. That's what we see with the disciples. When they came together, they shared the good things that God was doing. And that's my heart for Divergent, that we would be a church that continues to share the good things that God is doing. I mean, I was just sitting, sitting with Karen uh, yesterday, and we were just sharing all the good things that God had done through our week. The, the little things that we think are coincidences, we're like, can't be a coincidence, that has to be God. And so over this series, so we talked about fanning into flame, because my heart would be that you would see the good things that God can do through you. And he has given us all gifts. I, I truly believe that. It's only the enemy that wants to stop and rob you from those gifts. And, 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 and over this week, I'm going to talk about three things 
We're going to talk about power, love, and self-discipline. Because for, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. I believe if we learn God's love and His power and receive these things in self-discipline, we'll continue the flame. It will continue to burn. And today I want to talk about love. Now, I don't, I don't listen to too many songs. Uh, I was going to say radio, but who listens to the radio these days? Well, sorry, there's a few. Uh, on my Apple Music. And, and, and a lot of these songs that I hear, and I often now listen to mainly Christian stuff, but these songs tell us how we feel if we are in love and how we should feel if we are wronged. Um, you know, if you watch Hollywood movies and, and series, uh, love is based on emotion or, or a physical appeal. Now, I just want you to think, you know, when we listen to this music and, and watch these Hollywood movies, can you think of any relationships in Hollywood or the music industry that lasts? Very, very few. Even, even some people I really admired through the whole, you know, Hollywood, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Um, who's who's our, uh, one of our actors from Australia who had a long marriage but recently just ended? Hugh Jackman. And, you know, what we see is we see these relationships, people falling out of love quite easily. Why? I think people have been told this lie as to what love is or should be. And no wonder people... Christians are feeling empty inside. No wonder people feel emotionally drained, confused, directionless or purposeless. Imagine feeling like you are no longer loved. And I think we as a church have been heavily influenced by our culture when it comes to love and have given an ill-conceived definition of love. And as 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 Peter reminds us in 1 Peter 2, is that we are called, we should live as foreigners. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. The worldly culture is trying to affect us. It's trying to draw us to it. But God says we don't belong to this world. This is a temporary world for us. We, we belong to heaven. And today I want to talk about how God gives us love, and we have a choice on how to receive and give that love. Love is a choice. It's not an emotion. Love is a choice. Now, we see in Scripture that love is commanded by God. And so, if it's been commanded then it must be within our power in Christ to love. A choice. It's a decision we make. Yes, love will often be accompanied with feelings. I'm not saying that we shouldn't feel anything. It will be accompanied by feelings, but emotion is not on the basis of love. So what I'm saying is in any given situation, we can choose to love, regardless of how we feel. I think this is important if we're going to encourage each other to fan into the flame the gifts that God has given us because we don't want to let our emotions dictate how we feel 
or if we love God. Does that make sense? So the Greek word, and you know, you, you can read the English translations or dictionaries of love, and, and that word love has changed. You know, the words and definitions of words have changed over time depending on our culture. But I want to look at the biblical word of love and what does the word say about love? Now we know for those that are Christians, there are many Greek words for love, but I'm going to focus on one which is the most common one in scripture, and that is the Greek word for love is agape, which I'm sure many have heard. And the interesting thing that, so the English definition of love that we see in the dictionary, that word is a adjective. But the word that we see in scripture is a noun and a verb. Now, when I think of that, I don't know if you've heard the DC Talk song. Does anyone know DC Talk? Come on. Yes. Feeling, feeling quite old, but anyways. Uh, and I'll, I'm going to play a song, but they've got a song called Love is a Verb, written back in the 96, 1996, I think it was. And I'm going to play it at the end for you, so you wait for that. And, and so I was just thinking about this, you know, and, and, and where this idea of love is a choice, you know, my mum actually shared it with me, and I've just been thinking about it over the whole Christmas period. And agape, what it means is, is an act of the will. That's what the, the Greek word there, agape, means. This is the most common word we see of love in Scripture. Yes, there are other loves. There is a, a word for love for affection. There is one word, a Greek word, but it's not used very often in Scripture. And so it means an act of the will, a choice, which means it's more than an emotional response. And again, I want to remind us, certainly we may show emotion when we realize that God loves us, there's an emotion that comes with it, those feelings, regardless, you know, and, and because we go, wow, how sinful are, how does a God love me? And there's going to be feelings and emotions that come with that. But we cannot lose sight, however, that displaying love is an act of the will. A.W. Tozer says this, you can will to love people. Love is not a feeling. Love is a willing. And the Lord says to love people. He did not mean to merely feel love for them. Now, I want to give you a practical example. And I, I tried to get my wife to come out the front, but she didn't want to do this. And I understand because it's about us when we first got together in, in our relationship. And, and I was a bit of a, I don't want to say I'm a douchebag, but <laughs> I wasn't the greatest boyfriend. Let's just put it that way. Uh... I think what happened was Rach came into the church and there were many of us guys and I was like, well, I don't want to let this one go to waste. And I was the one that got in and I was like, yep, I want to date this girl. But to be honest, over those dating times and, and there was a lot of things going on. My father's going through cancer and I just, I wasn't a great boyfriend. I didn't treat her very well. But Rach on the opposite hand was just so good to me. Incredible. Incredible woman, the way she served me, the way she just... Uh, and I don't really know. I asked her the other day and said, why did you love me when I was actually quite horrible to you at the time? She couldn't really give me an answer anyways. And anyways, I, I went away and I decided that I was going to break it off with her. But I wasn't going to break it off with her until after her 21st. Anyways, we got to the 21st. Rach noticed something was up. She said, what's going on? 
I broke it off with her on the 21st. What an idiot. I couldn't wait. She knew. Anyways, it was probably a couple of days and I don't know if it was just a God moment. I was just sitting there and I just felt like God was saying, what a loser you are. That's what it felt like. God was just hitting me. Here is a woman that has been serving you and you have not been treating her well. And I was, as I was sitting there and God said, think of all the other girlfriends that you had. You were doing that to them and they were treating you that way. And I just felt saying, this is the person you need to be with. And can I tell you, I know this sounds strange, in that moment, my emotions changed. I all of a sudden went, wow, I love this girl. I want to be with her. I want to do life with her. I want to do the mission with her. I just thought this girl loves God so much. I'm never going to meet anyone else like this. And again, in my head, I was like, I'll wait a few days because three days, that sounds a bit weird. You know, you break it off and you get back together. But again, saw Rachel at church. It's like, hey. And I was like, how do I approach her? Um, hey, I'll give her a hug. And it was a bit weird. And she went away. And she said, what are you doing, Kate? You, what's going on? And I just said, oh. I've had a change, change of feelings. I don't know why. I just had this moment. I think God was speaking to me and I want to get back together. And thank, thankfully, she's a person of forgiveness. And we got back together straight away, three days later. And that's our story. And we got married. And, and I, I'm sure if I got her up here that she could say that I was a different person after that. And so in that moment, I had a choice to actually receive Rachel's love. Over and over again, she was serving me, loving me, and I was just pushing it away. But then I sat there and I go, well, hang on. How good is this? And I changed my attitude. 1 John 4 verse 8 says that God is love. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. That's the noun we're talking about. God is love. It is his character. It is his very nature. And in other words, everything that God does flow through his character of love. And because of his love nature, he demonstrates that love in action, the verb. He shows in his love by sending Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's how we know God loves us. We see the actions. How do I know Rachel loved me? I saw the actions. It wasn't just a feeling. Now, God gives us free will. So love is a choice. And it's up to us if we want to accept God's love. When we choose to accept God's love, then yes, we hopefully will feel the emotions of joy and gladness and, and those other gratefulness and gratitude. But again, like I said, it depends, it depends on your attitude. It depends if we think we deserve more. And why is this important? If we are to fan into flame the gifts we have, we need to know that God's love for us is not dictated by our feelings. Again, I want to remind you of that. And I, I've been recently reading stories of people that have been walking away from God. And what I find really curious or interesting 
is they all, nearly all of them have actually shared experiences of supernatural encounters they cannot explain. But then what they talk about is over that time, they have stopped having an emotional response. I mean, I don't say this directly, but that's what I gather. There's this emotional response that they have. And so they come to believe that God no longer exists or there are other gods. Primarily because they don't feel him anymore. Now, as I read scripture, I wonder how much our culture has influenced us with our relationship with God. Because this is an illogical from a theologic perspective. God doesn't and will never change. It is us and our emotional responses that ebbs and flows throughout our journey with Him. John Piper says this, My feelings are not God. God is God. My feelings do not define truth. God's word defines truth. My feelings are echoes and responses to what my mind perceives. And sometimes, many times, my feelings are out of sync with the truth. When that happens, and it happens every day in some measure, I try not to bend the truth to just to my imperfect feelings, but rather I plead with God, purify my perceptions of your truth and transform my feelings so they are in sync with the truth. Isn't that powerful? quote. So if you don't feel God, that does not mean you don't love Him. Love is a choice. When it comes to marriage, you'll even hear some secular professionals talk about how we must choose to love someone to carry us through those times when we don't feel their love. You know, I can think of examples of arranged marriages. I can tell you that they did not feel the love at the beginning of that arranged marriage. But through that time, as they choose love, there becomes a connection. Jennifer Littner, a secular psychologist, said this, love is a choice and a decision because your actions determine if it lives on or ends. You are in control of how you act in your relationships and how much you push past conflict and challenges. When you decide to work on communication, trust, intimacy, or emotional security, you're choosing love. A secular psychologist shared that. And what I I got out of this quote, and it's very interesting to note, that within this quote, she mentions conflict and challenge. And I I firmly believe that these can be the two barriers to continuing to journey with Jesus while feeling emotionally connected to Him. And I'll explain what I mean. When we have unresolved conflict or unforgiveness in our lives, this creates a divide between us and Jesus. And I'm not just talking about unresolved conflict with Jesus. I'm talking about with people. And why do I say that? Well, Jesus says quite clearly that God cannot forgive us if we do not forgive others. Matthew 6, verse 14 to 15. It is a no-brainer that if we are walking in this unforgiveness, we will feel distant and disconnected from God. Does that make sense? So what I mean is, if you right now have a conflict, I believe as Christians, we're, we're called to try and resolve 
Now, you can't make the other person change, but you can change. You can forgive. Also, what this psychologist said is that, talked about challenge in a relationship. And I believe our God is a God of challenge. We're called as believers to do hard and uncomfortable things. We're even called, as I said last week, to call to embrace suffering. That's not an easy thing to do. And it's when we step into the challenge that we see God powerfully at work. And this encourages our own faith. We are all called to walk in the will of God. And this always looks like obedience to what God has called us to do. Then I remember um, when Tanya Harris came and shared with us, she, she's, she talks about God conversations. She talks about relationship and how we speak to God and He speaks to us and how we listen. And I remember someone coming up to her and saying to her that, I don't hear God anymore. It's been many years and I just, I just have no connection. I used to hear Him very well. And you know what her response was? What did God tell you to do that you didn't want to do? Because I can guarantee you He's not going to speak until you go and do it. And I was just thinking about this. It's a bit like my, my son when we ask him to do things in the house. And for those that don't know my son, Tom, he loves to talk. And so here we are. We're like, mate, can you pack up your room? And he just wants to talk. And we're like, no, no, no. We're not talking until you pack your room. And I feel like that's actually a relationship with God. God's like, hey, no, no, no. We're not going to continue talking until you do what I've asked you to do for And I'm not saying these are easy things, but can I tell you, my relationship with God has grown so much when I've acted on the will of God, when I've acted on what He's asked me to do. Can I tell you, if I didn't act on God's will, I wouldn't have seen the incredible healings that He has done. I wouldn't have seen the incredible transformation in my friends if I didn't act when He told me to do something. And I wonder how many in this room have missed that deeper relationship with God because you're not willing to act on what God has told you to do. And then you wonder why you don't have this relationship. Imagine if your spouse, you told them no, 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 when they keep telling you to do something. Because we're starting to think about ourselves and not the other person. God calls us to invest in others. We are told to pray for others. We are told to think of others. We are told to serve others at our own expense. Do we do this? When we pray, we should not be praying primarily for ourselves. I I was thinking about this, you know, Tom, we've been a little bit frustrated in the last few days because all he wants is all these things and keeps demanding it from us. And and honestly, I feel like it builds a divide in your relationship with him because it's like, I want this, I want that, I want this. And I'm just like, this kid's growing entitled. We need to do something about this. But I was starting to think about it. Is this our relationship with God at times? You know what I love? When Tom sits with me and goes, Dad, I love you. Dad, you're the best dad. I'm not making this stuff up. He actually says this. (laughs) And to be honest, when he does it, can I just, it gets to me. 
And that's the connection that I, I, I seek with my son. And can I tell you, that's the same thing that God wants with you. This relationship where it's not just, I want this, I want that. He wants a relationship where you will come at his feet and say, our Father in heaven, hallow be your name. You are holy. You are good. You are awesome. You are kind. You are patient. Father, help me to be like you. Help me to serve others the way you serve. This is the relationship our Father wants. You know, love, I'm going to finish this up. Love is a choice. Love is an action. Love is not simply an emotion. Again, it does come with. If you, if you don't feel anything, there is still an issue there. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not calling us to be legalists where we just do, 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 do and take orders. There should be a connection and I want you to seek God on that if you, but I don't want you to let your feelings rule your life. Feelings are a great servant, but they're a terrible master. So how do we tell if the flame is hot and burning? This flame that Paul is talking about to Timothy. Timothy, I just want to see this passion in your life. I want to see you use the gifts that God has put on your life. How do we tell if someone loves God? They are using the gifts they were given. What are those gifts for? What is Paul talking about? What gifts is this? He's saying those gifts are not for yourself but to serve others. To serve God. God has given us a gift, Jesus. Can I tell you, if that's the only thing that I ever receive in this world, and that is salvation from Christ, I lay my life down for that. I don't need anything else. You shouldn't either. But you know God doesn't just leave it there. He continues to give. He continues to speak. He continues to show up. And the only way that I know that I can serve him or respond is by giving gifts back. I don't know about you, but and I've shared this before, but if, if someone gives you a gift, I'm just talking about here, let's just say Brett came up and gave me a present out of the blue, and I respond and go, oh, thanks, Brett. What do you think that breeze bit of entitlement isn't it but if I respond with Brett going wow man I have a choice my attitude I can see how much you love me how much you care for me and you know what I'm going to respond I'm going to get you a gift maybe even big, something bigger than what you gave me <laughs> but that's actually how we respond with God that's what God wants in return you know he wants us to use the gifts that he's given us for his kingdom, for his mission. I'm not talking about on a Sunday. If you're just waiting to use your gifts on a Sunday, you've missed the point. That's not what Paul was talking about to Timothy. He was saying, I want you to use your gifts through the week to serve others. 
And Sunday will be just a reflection of the gifts that you have. Is this message making sense this morning? My heart is that we are a church that would represent the body of Christ. My heart is that we would go into the communities and they see Jesus. They don't just see the hand of Jesus, they see the body of Jesus. All of us using our gifts for the kingdom. Now, if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ and you don't know that He has given this good gift, I want to encourage you that our, our Father in heaven doesn't want you to stay in the place you are. He has given us a great gift that is, that is for us. It's a gift that gives you eternity. This life we live in is a temporary place. This life we live in is a place of suffering. You know, everywhere you look, there is people dying, there are people sick, because that this world is broken with sin. But God sent us His Son, Jesus, to give us freedom. He gives us a gift of salvation that we no longer are part of this world, but we are part of His kingdom, His eternity. What a gift. And in that kingdom, there is no suffering. That's why Paul says to Timothy, join me in suffering, because there is a day where there will no, be, no more suffering. I know there are people in this church that are sick. Can I tell you, there's a day when there will be no more suffering. There will be a day where there's no more pain, whether that's in your mind or physically. What a day that we get to look forward to. Father, we just thank you so much for your love, that you're always continuing to, to, to show your love, Father, and, and whether we feel you or not, Father, you always love us, always have. And so I just pray, Father, that we as a church, as we learn to receive your love, as we learn to come alongside your will, uh, Father, that we would step out and show the same signs that you've shown, the same actions that you've shown to others. I pray that we are a church that walks in the ways of Christ. I pray that we're a church that as we get to know you more, the more we will want, want to show love to others. And so I just pray, Father, that, yeah, that we would fan into flame the gifts that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. So what I'm going to do, we're going to finish up. If you want prayer, again, I said this over the last couple of weeks, come, pray. If you, if you want to come into one of the leaders or if you want from your life calm or people next to you, just encourage. I, I believe prayer is fanning into flame. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to breathe on the coals. That's the way I picture it. And so, but I, I'm just going to finish you with this, this song. You don't have to sit and watch it. Plus, it's pretty corny but anyways just you can watch the words um and then yeah next week i want to this not next week monday love is a choice you have a choice to get up and respond to your feelings and your feelings will say sleep in where god says come spend time with me 
And I can guarantee you over time as you do that, you choose God, there's going to be an overwhelming love for him. Amen?